Hey everybody, welcome to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. In episode two, we are going to discover my early story, how my parents first got involved in our cultic organization and what that did to me as a young teenager. Firstborn of three children, and I was raised in the thumb of Michigan. For those of you who aren't from our state, Michigan is shaped like a mitten, and the thumb is a peninsula that sticks off into Lake Huron. It's mostly farming country up there, pretty old fashioned, very laid back. My dad was a public school teacher, and my mother was a stay at home mom who homeschooled us. Ironic, I know. My siblings and I were homeschooled before homeschooling was a thing, kind of back when everyone was afraid of the big yellow school bus, or if your mom took you grocery shopping during school hours, the clerk would ask you why you weren't in school, and when you said you were homeschooled, their mouth would just hang open and they would be like, uh, is that legal? Yeah, so that's when I was homeschooled. We lived on a little miniature farm. We didn't have any animals, but it was an old farmhouse from the 1800s in this huge old barn, five acres. It was a kid's paradise. Childhood was idyllic. We played outside almost every day. We swung on rope swings in our barn. We climbed trees. We didn't have a television, so there was a lot of book reading that happened. And it was just a lot of imaginative play. It was a really great childhood. My parents are both first-generation Christians. They came to Christ in college. And so all of this whole Christianity stuff was pretty new to them. It was real to them. I remember seeing them having their quiet times in the morning, and they taught us about Jesus, and they took us to church. I was seven when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I don't remember a whole lot about it, except that I really wanted to be baptized. But the pastor didn't think that a seven-year-old was old enough to get baptized, and so he had to come to the house to ask me questions. I remember sitting with him at the dining room table. I don't remember what I said, but apparently I passed his test because he allowed me to get baptized. And at that point in time, it was really real to me. My faith was real. Jesus was real. I loved him. I knew he died on the cross for my sins. And it was a very genuine thing that happened. There is definitely evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in my life, even as a seven-year-old, because I was um, a pretty big brat before I trusted Jesus as my Savior, very much a know-it-all and kind of hard to train. And after Jesus, I really just see a more tenderness to my heart, love for others, and willingness to be wrong. Despite all of the stuff that happened later on in my life, I've honestly never doubted my salvation. I look at that time in my life and I know for certain that that was when I trusted Jesus as my savior. And I am so glad that I had that opportunity and took that time because I think if I had gone into the rest of my teenage years without an understanding of salvation, things would have gone drastically different. I was 12 years old when we joined the cultic organization. It was a homeschooling group. At least that's what it appeared to be on the surface. It was material and curriculum and a group of people who are like-minded like you from all over the country and eventually all over the world. You paid a fee to join. You had to follow certain rules. You had to agree to certain standards. And then you were in. You were part of the inner circle, part of the people that had the new approach to life, part of the people with the promises, 
and the guarantees if you follow these rules and these standards and these steps. We were already a little weird because we were homeschooled, but this brought weirdness to a new level. We stopped listening to rock music or any music with a beat. I wore skirts all the time. There were these other standards that started creeping into our lives. And from the get-go, my parents will tell you that they saw some of the issues, some of the problems, but they thought maybe they could just pick and choose. And there were people in their lives that they really trusted that thought this was a great program and a great organization. And so they thought they could just work around the things that were a little bit off. We attended a normal church in our area until I was about 14. And then we found this church about an hour and a half from our house that was filled with families that also followed the same program and the same leader and the same organization. And it seemed like this wonderful, safe place to bring your kids and to keep them safe and to keep them following the Lord. And so we visited. I look back on that and I can't even imagine what I would think if I came in there right now. They didn't even have a building. They rented a hall and we spent the entire Sunday at church. We would get there early in the morning for a two, three hour service, break for lunch, sometimes potluck, and then have another huge two hour service in the afternoon. At the time, I thought it was amazing because here I was surrounded by people who were like me. I no longer felt weird. I was surrounded by teenagers who were like me, people who had the same standards and who had the same rules affecting their lives. And this became a very confusing time for me because life was about rules, and yet it wasn't. My parents were never as strict as some of the other families in the church. And so I would go to these youth events and I would go to these retreats and I would hear all this stuff and all this rules and, and things that we had to be doing. And, and I would have this pressure put on me to have the answer, what's God doing in your life? You had to have an answer to that question anytime somebody might ask you. To make matters worse, there were two groups of youth in this church. There was the godly group who followed the rules and did the right things, and looked right, and had good attitudes. And then there was the rebellious kids, and we literally called them the rebels. And they were the kids that didn't buy into this. They were the kids whose parents had dragged them out of public school to try to fix them, quote-unquote. And they were the kids who just begrudgingly followed along, or secretly did things behind everybody's back. And I desperately wanted to be thought well of. I was a people pleaser and I wanted to be able to think I was amazing. And so I tried so hard to fit into this godly group and I did the right things and I looked the right way. I mean, seriously, guys, ankle length skirts and curly hair and these awkward vests and anything that might be cool, quote unquote, cool. I would do and I would wear and I would try so hard to be somebody that people would think well of. I never felt like I really fit into any group. But for the three years that we were at this church, I managed to be enough part of the group that I could just kind of join along wherever they were and I could just kind of stand there. But I put on a fake front. I had this idea that girls were supposed to be sweet and quiet and meek and like just these little mice. And there was a pastor's daughter that I just thought was amazing and I wanted to be like her. And so I just pretended I was a complete fake a complete pretender because if you know me at all, you're going to know that I am bold and I say things and I talk and I have ideas and opinions and I am definitely not quiet and meek and um, gentle. And so it was just this weird time in my life where I was just being this person that I wasn't because I thought I had to be. And I look back and all I see is just religion. Like I was just caught, absolutely caught in religion. 
And I think that's where I want to pause right now because I feel like this happens in normal churches. I've been reading some books by former evangelicals who just experienced a lot of brokenness in their church. And one of the things that just happens in youth groups, and even though it's not as extreme as my story, but it still happens. There's this pressure to behave, a pressure to conform, a pressure to do the right things and to look the right way. And they get in this whole system of just behavior. And guys, that's not Jesus. That is not Jesus. But we are naturally religious as broken people. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey God in the garden and eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they instantaneously became religious. They hid and they did. And that's religion. Religion hides us from God. It makes us feel like we can't be with him, that we can't fellowship with him because he doesn't like us. He doesn't want us. Whatever it is, our sin makes us hide from God. And then we try to do things in our own effort to appease him. A couple years ago, I came across this quote by a guy named Mike Cosper, who has a podcast and has written a lot of books. And he said, religion is the business of appeasing the gods. And when I look back on my life as a teenager in this crazy, cultic, religious church, I was trying to appease the gods. Not only was I trying to appease the real God that I thought was real, but I was trying to appease the gods, the people around me. I wanted them to like me. I wanted them to think I was amazing and godly. And I wanted God to like me. I wanted God to bless me. And somehow I thought that if I did the right things, that he would bless me and that I would be safe and happy. But I see the same thing in churches, like normal churches, normal Christianity. And maybe you are resonating with this because maybe you've never been in such an extreme situation as I was, but maybe you're resonating with this whole idea of just this religious trying to appease the gods. I go to church because I'm trying to make God happy with me. I read my Bible because I'm trying to be a good Christian. I memorize verses at a wana or a youth group because I'm trying to do the right thing. I go to youth group because I'm trying to be a good person. I go to Bible study because I'm trying to check off my checklist. And guys, that's not Jesus. That's religion. And religion is part of our brokenness. It's not part of the way God wants us to be with him. It's not part of what Jesus died to restore us to. It's just religion. It's just this natural appeasing of the gods. It's behaviors that we're trying to do. And back to Adam and Eve really quick. I just think about them as they're in the garden and they had disobeyed God. And instantly their eyes are opened and they see that they're naked. And rather than going to him and saying, oh, we're so sorry, we messed up. They hide. They hide from God. And they cover themselves up with leaves. They try to take care of the problem themselves. But I think about how God treated them. And rather than being angry with them, and rather than condemning them, he came to them with a question. He said, where are you? Where are you? And yeah, there were consequences. They got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They got kicked out of that close friendship with God. And they had to die. Just like we still face consequences. But God was pursuing. Even then, he was pursuing them. And even then, he didn't need them to appease him. He offered the sacrifice that was pointing to the sacrifice of Jesus. He killed the animals to provide the clothing for them that he made for them himself, because that was a picture of what he was already going to do. And so as I close this episode, I just want you guys to be thinking, how has religion affected me? How has this idea of religious activities and appeasing God affected my relationship with him? How has it affected the way I view myself? How has it affected the way I view God? 
I'm super excited to share next episode with you because this is where I meet Jesus. And this is where everything changes. <laughs> everything, you guys. So please stay tuned for the next episode. But also just keep thinking to yourself, how how is this affecting me? And what are some ways that I just need to be aware of how this has affected me? All right, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com for more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.